now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, we've been having a wonderful conversation with Paul the Friendly Andrews. I gave him that middle name. He's the president and CEO of the National Western Stock Show. It's the Super Bowl of stock shows, and it's starting for the next 16 days. you got to go to this. I mean, friends, as I've said this before, I kind of grew up in, you know, urban, suburban Denver and, and went country. If you have never been to the stock show, just take a few hours, take a day to take your kids down there. You'll have a wonderful experience. They got art exhibits, Coors Western art exhibit. And uh, in addition to everything we've been talking about, if you missed any of it, go to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. You can download the podcast there and catch up. But Paul, who's the CEO of the National Western Stock Show, has uh, just a wonderful wealth of knowledge with regards to stories about this event. It's been going on since 1906. And there's a connection with the Brown Palace. Paul, tell us a little bit about that. You bet. So at the Brown Palace, we bring down our grand and reserve champion steers on the final Friday of stock show. So for this this year, it would be January 20th from 11 o'clock to uh, about 1 o'clock. And the line will be the line will be significant, but be patient. You'll get through it. Uh, anyway, they walk right in the center of that on the red carpet, right in the center of where the tea is served, and we keep them right there for photo opportunities. We have lots of queens there. Now, that tradition started back in 1945 with then-governor, a gentleman named Dan Thornton. Dan Thornton was a rancher, and he showed cattle at the National Western Stock Show that year, and he had two bulls that he put up for sale that sold for the highest number in the history of stock show at the time, $100,000 each. And this is 1945. So he was so excited about that, he came down to the Brown Palace and found the general manager of the Brown Palace and said, I'd like to bring these bulls in here and and have them shown during tea. (laughs) Well, that must have been a visionary uh, general manager because he said, let's do it. And Lo and behold, Dan Thornton brought his animals in there. That They were not the Grand and Reserve Champion, but our board of directors, after seeing that, said, let's bring our steers down there. And so since 1946, right after Dan was down there in 45, we've had our, our Grand and Reserve steers. So just another great stock show tradition that rivals uh, the christmas light tradition, where right now, if, if your listeners are listening and they drive by my house, my Christmas lights are still up, and they're probably saying, why are they doing that? Well, we're doing that because stock show's tradition is you keep them up till the end of stock show as a greeting mm. for the 48 states that are here uh, here in the National Western in Colorado. We want to welcome them, and we're welcoming them with, with Christmas lights. And that's how that started. I love just the wonderful benefit that this stock show brings to the city of Denver. I know it's a lot of work. How many volunteers do you have? How many staff do you have working it? So I carry a full-time staff all year of about 100, and I carry a seasonal staff for basically um, December and January of 1,000, and then I have 800 volunteers during January. So about 2,000 people during January are helping out to make the National Western Stock Show uh, what it is, which is the Super Bowl of Livestock Shows. I, you're right. Super Bowl of stock shows and some of the hardest working Coloradans 
helping put this on and really benefiting our communities. My wife and I were down at the Champagne Cascade at the Brown Palace where they take a saber and, you know, they cut off the big champagne bottles and then they pour it down all the glasses there. And they one of the staff there at the Brown Palace was telling us that they built the elevators at the Brown Palace's specifically small so that people wouldn't take their horses to their hotel rooms. <laughs> that's, that's, I hadn't heard that, but that does make sense, especially when you think about when the Brown Palace was actually constructed. Right, right. I mean, it was a cow town. It was a cow town. Well, Paul, you have a unique background. You haven't always been in the, this position, the National Western Stock Show. You started your career with the Denver Nuggets. Right, and then came over chief marketing officer at KSC Properties, including the Pepsi Center, and in 2005 was named executive vice president of Cronky Sports and Entertainment. Yes, I have been blessed with, uh, I've only worked two jobs in my life, and frankly, this is my last one. Uh, so I was, uh, I started in 1990 in just the sales department of the Denver Nuggets. I was I was cold calling all of your listeners uh, when the team <laughs> won. I think we won 17 games that year under Paul Westhead, and so so that was a tough thing to sell. I was trying to sell season tickets, and I just kind of worked my way up through the uh, through the food chain. There became director of ticket sales, and then I became vice president of sales and operations, and then eventually chief marketing officer. We we bought the Avalanche, and uh, moved them from Quebec in 1995. Our ownership that. group at the time did. And so I became the uh, head of uh, sales and marketing for the Colorado Avalanche right then. And I'd never seen a hockey game. So those of you out there that uh, wonder, well, heck, that guy had to know anything about hockey and basketball. I'd never seen a hockey game. All of a sudden, I'm the head of sales and marketing for hockey. So so I, uh, I, I faked it until I made it on that one. <laughs> and uh, we just happened to have a great team that went on to win the Stanley Cup that very first year in 1996. Uh, led by Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick, and Patrick Waugh. So uh, then I became uh, the executive vice president when Mr. Kroenke bought the teams in 1999-2000, and uh, we became Kroenke Sports Enterprises. And uh, soon after, about 2004-2005, I became his, uh, his head of business operations, which that title is the executive vice president, and uh, enjoyed working with Mr. Kroenke a great deal. Uh, still love him today. He is a great, great man and a great sports owner. Uh, and has just tremendous success. I mean, goodness, look at the success of the Avalanche and the, and the Nuggets have become, uh, in part because of your good work. So when did you go over to the National Western Stock Show? And what was the impetus for that move? Yeah, so I transitioned in 2010 uh, at the time. Uh, I was working for Kroenke Sports. I was uh, I was traveling to Mr. Kroenke had just invested in the Arsenal Football Club in London, and he had bought the Rams uh, in St. Louis at the time. So I, I was getting to the point where I was on the board of the NBA. I was on the board of the NHL. I was on the board of Major League Soccer because we owned the Rapids. Uh, I was sitting in on meetings for the Arsenal Football Club and their business operations in London. And, and so many of your listeners might think, wow, what a cool, sexy job. Well, I was traveling about 240 days a year, and I had a, had a fourth grader and a seventh grader that were never seeing their father, and that's mm. not a good idea. So uh, the National Western president at the time, Pat Grant, was uh, deciding it was time for him to retire. Jerry McMorris was the chairman of the board, and uh, he was the owner of the Rockies at the time, and he walked in my office at Pepsi Center and said, 
Paul, I think you'd be a great president and CEO of National Western Stock Show. You've got a background in cattle, which I do. My my grandfather is in the Pold Hereford Hall of Fame in Missouri, and uh, uh, I was raised on that ranch. And so he knew that, and he knew I had venue management, and he said it's a perfect fit. I interviewed for the job and thought I'm going to be home a lot more for my family, and that was really important to me. And it was important to my wife, who's been married to me now for 31 years. So that obviously is working out pretty darn good for both of us. <laughs> so that was really the impetus. It was the time away from, uh, you know, as, as sexy as the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the Rapids, the Mammoth, uh, all the venues that Mr. Cronkey had, as sexy as that sounds, when you're gone that much from your family, it really isn't that, that it's just too much. And so uh, it was time to and the Lord blessed me with this opportunity, and uh, I just love it here. It is a it is an institution like no other. And you guys have some big plans for the future, right? Tell us a little bit about some of the changes. We got about two minutes here. What are some of the major changes that sh- people should be expecting in the next few years? So the National Western Center is going to be the renovation here. So we're taking the complex and replacing virtually every part of it over the course of the next oh three years or so. So we've just completed the new stockyards, so you can come enjoy those now. Uh, We just broke ground with the city, the city's the builder, uh, on the new Sue Ann Schutz Rogers Livestock Center, which will be a state-of-the-art livestock and multi-purpose arena the rest of the year. And uh, coming soon after will be the new equestrian center, which will host some of the biggest and best equestrian events in America and, frankly, in the world uh, all 365 days a year, not just during the National Western Stock Show. So this entire site will go through a, a renovation over the course of the next, you know, three to five years, but three after three years it'll be a lot of it. And we're breaking ground tomorrow, uh, January 6th, on our uh, new home, which is called the Legacy Building, which will be our new offices, and it will also have a museum feature to it, a restaurant, and uh, a really, really neat gathering place we're calling the National Western Saloon. Wow. <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, yeah, it will be a lot of fun. And so the whole grounds will be uh, really rejuvenated. And that's what made me uh, decide to hi- sign a 100-year agreement with the city of Denver hmm. to produce the National Western Stock Show right here for the next 100 years. Oh, wonderful. Well, Paul, the friendly Andrews, uh, the, the CEO of the National Western Stock Show, you've been incredibly friendly with your time. I know you're very busy. You're just about to launch for the next 16 days uh, one of the greatest events bringing Western values from all over the Western United States right here to Denver, Colorado. And uh, I want to tell you how much we appreciate it. Uh, Our family has benefited from this event. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for the hard work. We'll be praying for you over the next 16 days. I know you have a lot ahead of you. Well, thank you, Jeff. And let me also say we are big fans of your station and what you all stand for. So keep up the good work and telling the message you're telling out there. Thank you, Paul. God bless you. Friends, you've been listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour. If you missed any of this, go to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. Check out the Centennial Institute by going to centennial.ccu.edu. And we'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour. I'm your chief wagon boss, Jeff Hunt. Thank you to Michael Deadshot Arpaio and our producer, Jamie the Mighty One Urker. God bless you all, and yeehaw.